great. Oh, good morning, good morning, ladies. It's so good to see you here. Uh, do we have any first, first time visitors? Would you wave at me? Because we certainly want to welcome you. Nice to see you here this morning. Anybody else? Be brave. Oh, another one over here. We're so glad you're here. Over here too. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming. Oh, another one right here. Good, good. You're, you're all getting brave one at a time. All right. Well, we welcome you. This is a great place to be on a Thursday morning. And uh, we just really want you to know that this is for you. We want to sow into you, pour into you, let you know you are special, you are significant. We love you, we value you, and God does all the more. And uh, we want, don't want to waste a minute of your time. We want to help you leave this place, not the same way that we came, but just full of um, knowing how wonderful that God sees us as daughters of the King and and sisters in the Lord. That's really important here at Impact. How many of you are a little bit confused by the Granville School closings, whether or not we were going to be meeting this morning? Okay, not too many. <laughs> Great. It's like Granville Schools, huh? No. <clears throat> Our policy for closing, we used to say if Granville Schools are closed, we're closed. Just erase that, okay? Because what we do now, because this is like an unusual situation, there's no reason for you to not be here this morning, right? But Granville schools are closed because of power outages. If we are going to have to cancel impact on a Thursday morning or even Monday night um, Bible study, it will always be posted on the TV stations right along with all the other school closings. Okay, so let's just make that abundantly clear, but you're all here, so. You know what? I'm speaking to the choir. You guys are awesome. All right. Uh, we're going to go ahead and um, take the offering and give you an opportunity to give this morning. Before we get to the Word, it's going to be powerful again. I started a, a series of messages last week based on Mark 4.28 that says, First the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. And it's, a, it's an interesting scripture that talks about God's process for receiving something that you're believing Him for. And sometimes when we're asking God for something and we know there's a promise in His Word, so we're not asking amiss. I mean, it's not like you're believing God for somebody else's husband. Okay, don't do that. That God's not going to honor that. So you know that your requests have to line up with His heart and His promises in His Word. And so sometimes we get a little disappointed. We say, God, I've been believe in you for this, but I don't see it. But I think sometimes we look for immediate answers and the full corn in the ear. But you know what? God has a process. He says, I'm blessing you. I'm blessing you, but maybe you're missing it because look for the blade first, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. So it's like a, the process is the same in the natural realm, in the gardening world, as it is in him giving us the full ear of the corn or the fullness of his promises. And I said last week, sometimes we get disappointed, but we're not looking at the process. We might not even be appreciating or recognizing how God is already blessing and so um, we might have what we might call lottery faith. I just want a windfall and I want it done now. You know, I want the foliar and the gourd, but we forgot that there is a process. And then the other scripture that comes to mind is that God says that there is seed, time, and harvest. There is a seed that has to be planted and some time for it to grow and then the harvest. So some of you need to begin by planting the seed. Get it in your heart. Plant the word in your heart for that promise. It might be 
for financial um, help and prosperity. It might be in the, that realm. It might be for healing. It might be for anything. But plant that seed in your heart first, and then you will begin to see it grow. And then there is a harvest time coming. All right. So as we give this morning, let's give it as a seed, because there will be no harvest before there is a seed. So let's just pray over our offering as we give. Father, I just thank you that every person here represents uh, a family, represents someone who is working, represents a a family that is uh, willing to give. And Lord, as we give, we count it as a seed that's planted in good ground. And I thank you, Father, that there will be wonderful blessings that come back. First the blade, then the corn, and then God harvest time. And I thank you and praise you that you are faithful to your word to do that in our lives. Provide every need for these families as we give in Jesus' name. And all God's girls said, amen. All right. Well, while they're taking the offering, I'm going to go ahead and do a few announcements for you. On your tables, you're going to find this beautiful brochure priceless all right we're going to be talking a lot about this but um, go ahead and take these our women's conference coming up I've already said 10 years in the making the last time we had a full-blown women's conference here was 2007 and it was Marilyn Hickey anybody here remember that or attended that all right cool You're older than I thought. No, I'm just teasing. Um, So I'm so excited about this. And we have Sheila Walsh coming. You can read on her. um, Hannah Ouellette. Anybody remember Hannah? Or Ben, stay connected. A lot of people I know said, oh, I'm so excited she's coming back. And then, of course, who can resist our own Dan Seaborn is going to be part of our conference as well. So I just want you to know, get the word out. The link uh, is already up and running. You can register. It's only $55. Come on, girls. That's a pretty amazing thing. We did want to pass all conference costs on to you. We want you to be able to come and bring as many people as you possibly can. Um, Check it out online. You can register online. You're going to be hearing a lot more about it because we're so excited. And this is for you. I want to see the majority of women there from our girls right here. You know, we can easily advertise because Sheila is an internationally known um, speaker and singer. But you know what? I want our girls to take advantage of this because this is such a blessing that we want for you. How many of you uh, come here on Thursday morning, but you regularly attend another church? And I just want to say, we love you. We're so glad you're here. Let me just say this. If you want to bring um, this information to your own churches, let me know and we'll give you some brochures, you know, to pass out or whatever. But just uh, come see me personally on that. Uh, Because you know what? There are no divisions here. We are all sisters in Christ and and um, Daughters of the King. So praise God for that. All right, I just closed my announcements. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Also on your um, tables, there are some volunteer cards. Uh, In line with the um, conference, we are looking for more volunteers. And uh, if you're interested in helping out specifically for the conference, go ahead and fill this out and put on the other interests that you'd be willing to help out at the conference and we will contact you. There's need for greeters, there's need for ushers and so on. So if you're one of those people that love to jump in, we would love to help you um, get involved. Also, um, this sounds like a fun announcement. 
the, there is a men's retreat coming up, and I promise to announce this. Am I too late on this? Okay, the men's ministry here, I know there are no men in the room, but just so you know, if your husband might be interested, there is a men's uh, retreat coming up Friday, Saturday, Sunday, starting March 17th. So I'm just gonna draw your attention to that really, really quick. All right, how many of you have been enjoying the study on Psalm 91? It's been really powerful, hasn't it? All right, we're gonna continue this uh, today and next week. And then actually, uh, next week, Lori Snyder is gonna be um, kind of wrapping up the teaching on the Psalms, or I should say, and then the week after, we're gonna call it Wrap Up and Seal the Deal. All right, so we've been talking about it, we've been learning about it, let's do something to make it a point of contact, a point of commitment, a point of really receiving this word. This is not just information, okay? It's good information, but until it becomes revelation, there's no power in it in our own lives. And I'm, we're not leaving this study until we have received and committed to uh, walk in the way that we're uh, becoming more and more aware of God's presence, of His love for us, how He is always with us, how He provides protection for us in the big things and the small things. No longer will we walk in fear, amen? We are mighty women of faith and we will, we're gonna connect with His Word and He will plant that deep in our hearts and there's gonna be a wonderful harvest in that. And I would encourage you, if you're experiencing or you have a really great testimony along these lines, go to our Women's uh, Ministry website and there's a place where you can share your story because testimonies very well may be part of that week five because I would love to hear some of our stories. All right, they encourage our hearts. All right, the other, only other thing I wanna announce real quick is April 6th, just put it on your calendars. We're taking impact week off because of spring break. Meet y'all in Florida. I don't know where you're going or if not, I never go anywhere, but I would like to. But anyway, we're not, I'll just stay home and clean my house. Lord knows it needs it. Anyway, just to let you know. All right, ladies, at this time, I would like to call our leadership team to come forward. And um, there's something that we really, really want to do this morning. And um, many of you know, maybe many of you don't know, but um, Trisha Mojica is going to, this is her last day with us as administrator, assistant to women's ministry. Um, God has definitely been moving her uh, in different directions, but what a blessing she's been while she's here, been here for the five years that you've been here. Um, I cannot tell you how thankful I am for what you have brought here. Ladies, she has raised the bar of excellence because she only works in excellence. You know, she has brought so many wonderful things um, that has made women's ministry just so amazing. And um, you see before you the leadership team, what we want to do is have Trisha come and we would love to lay hands on her because here's what I believe. You know, I've been called out of other ministries before and I never, ever stand in the way of what God is doing. This is a God thing. It's been so wrapped in peace with tears, <laughs> but peace. And so we never let people go and we never kick them out. We always send them. We're sending them into the next thing that God has. And um, I'll let you speak for yourself, but 
because <laughs> she gets the mic after me. How about that? Because she's teaching today. So ladies, I, you know what? I had this big, big picture. Would you all come forward? I mean, let's just form this huge, huge prayer thing right here. So as you lay hands on the person in front of you, it's all going to come this way. And we're going to pray over her. We have a gift for her. But this is, this is what girls do. We agree together. We support our sisters. And we just thank you and praise you, God, that Trisha has been such a blessing in this ministry. Father, you called her for a season, and it was a good season. And I thank you, Father, that, um, that she was here and has left her mark on this ministry. But Father, thank you that as you call her to the next thing, Lord, that she goes with blessing, she goes with peace, and she goes... Trisha, I hear the word increase. And I just thank you, Lord. You are increasing. It's like expanding the, the stakes of your tent, your areas of influence. And I thank you, God, that you are bringing her into a new place. But Father God, in it all, I know that she is just trusting you. And I thank you, Lord, that you will just bless her. <laughs> Trisha, this is the blade. And then comes the corn. And you are soon to reap the full ear in the corn. It's God's way. And so we just send you into this next chapter, this next place that is already prepared for you to step into. And you know that he has fully equipped you for every good work. He who, has, he, who he calls, he also equips. And so we thank God for her, the blessing that she is, and pray nothing but blessing, blessing, blessing on her as she leaves. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's girls said, amen. Oh, thank you for helping us pray for her. All right. <laughs> thank you. All right. Thank you, gals. That was really awesome. There's nothing more powerful than the prayer of agreement. You know that. All right. Well... Gee, Trish, now you get to, to teach, but we do have a gift for you as well, and we'll make sure that you get a chance to look at that later. So, so all I can say is Trish is going to lead us into this next section of Psalm 91, and let's just be blessed as we, as we welcome her. All right. <laughs> oh, you already have your... Yes, I do have it on. Thank you so much, ladies. I truly appreciate that. Um, not fully sure what God's going to be doing. I, I don't know his full plan, but I just know um, it, it's something Karen and I have been talking about actually for like a year, a, a year now, that I felt God was calling me and uh, to move on and, and just spoke to my heart that there's a season, a season for every reason. <laughs> And uh, anyway, so uh, so we've had many conversations about it, and so I knew it was no big surprise to her when God said it's time now. And uh, I just have loved every minute of this, and and have just fallen in love with this ministry and the women here, and just all of you. And and I am gonna truly, truly miss it here. 
I will still be here, though. <laughs> I'm still going to be around. I'm not going anywhere. Um, just, I'm just following God's leading, and, and that's where the obedience comes, is when you step out of the boat and you trust and you stay focused on him, and so that, that's what's happening. So thank you again for all of your prayers. I so appreciate them. Okay, so we are moving on. Um, this week I have Psalms uh, 91 through... Uh, or 91, 9 through 13. Um, Danielle did an amazing job last week. She had all these beautiful slides and just took us right through. Yeah, I'm not Danielle, sorry. <laughs> I don't have the slides or anything like that, so uh, just bear with me. Um, as I was preparing for this, um, God very much uh, told me what he wanted me to do. And although I, I can't say that I was really in full agreement with him, but um, we worked it out. We compromised. No. <laughs> I decided that it was probably best for me to follow his plan and to do exactly what he was telling me to do. So, so I compromised, yes. <laughs> um, so when preparing this, um, he just told me a couple things. He said, one, I, I want the women to walk away knowing the power of praying my word and why it's so important to give voice to the word of God. And, and then the other one, he told me to stay on task. So, and I know why he told me to stay on task because one of, it really, a gifting is encouragement in me. I love encouraging. I love just being a spitfire and just going wherever the Holy Spirit tells me to go. But he told me to stay on task. So I'm going to obey and follow and stay on task. Okay. So let's go to uh, verse 9, 9 through 13. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall command his angels charge over you to keep, to protect, defend, and guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you shall not even strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra, and the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. When I was looking at that, um, I was definitely asking, uh, you know, God, what is it that you're wanting me to see in this? Um, one, I just felt like it was a real honor that I got to be a part of this and the opportunity to share, because my mic is like echoing. It's kind of, okay. So, um, because back in my early 20s, when my husband and I gave our lives to the Lord, and, um, and we started going through, you know, the roller coaster ride of marriage and children and everything, and, and I'm going to share some stories with you how I made Psalm 91 very much a part of my life, and it was my staple in life to get me through some of the hard times. Um, so I'm going to share some stories with you throughout this and, and show you how it has become a part of my life and how I activate his word in my life with this. So the word dwell used in this verse actually means to take up permanent residence in. Keyword in, in. 
He reminds us to stay in his presence for it's a permanent place of living. His word says that if we do that, we will rest in the very shadow of the Almighty. In rest, we find peace, a sound mind, a love that covers all fears, worries, and anxieties. The Hebrew word for dwell is yashev, and I love this. It means to inhabit, but more importantly, this phrase, to remain. And when I asked God, I said, God, well, how, and I'm just gonna be honest with you, how do I remain in this safe place when, to be honest with you, it's busy and crazy. My life is full of distractions. I'm being turned left, right, forward, backwards, everywhere. So how do I do this, God? Show me. And this is what he gave me. He said, I dwell in you and I desire to dwell in with you. There again, in. He said, I am accessible anytime, anywhere. My secret place is where you can spend quality time with me, even in the midst of the craziness of this world around you. I thought, whoa, really? But it's a choice. To remain in the dwelling place, he then showed me verse nine again, and it tells us that we are the ones who make the Lord our dwelling place. It's a choice, ladies. We make a choice to choose to stay and remain in his place of safety and rest during crazy times. Because if we don't, there's the other side of what happens when we actively choose to not choose to remain we are actively then choosing to become weary, heavy with burdens, filled with fear, worry, and anxiety, living a defeated life. Psalms 27, four through five says, one thing I asked of the Lord and that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in his presence all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the, tr the day of trouble, he will hide me in his shelter. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. So it's a choice. And even in the Psalms, we, we see that the writer said it's a choice, that he chooses to seek and to dwell in that place. So right now, how many of you, like me, say, I want that? I choose to dwell in that place and I want that in my crazy life. Absolutely, amen. So let's just for a moment, I want you to close your eyes. And I just want you to pray this silently to yourself as I'm praying it and you put your words in wherever you need and change the prayer to what it is for you in your life right now. This was my personal prayer. Lord, I choose to make you my dwelling place. You are my refuge, and it is the intent of my heart to remain in your loving, protective presence, where you hide me and shelter me from trouble. God, help me to stay consistent in that dwelling place, because in my own strength, this is impossible. But in you, O oh Lord, all things are possible.
I have um, five children, four um, birth children, one adopted. During, my, um, during the time of delivery with my third child, um, our child was born and had many complications. We actually had almost lost her because of what had happened. I had developed this thing in my system, an antibody that was killing off platelets in the baby. And so um, basically after we had her and everything was good, she sits here today, she is our miracle. Yes, and um, the, doctors, <laughs> the doctors had said to us, um, had said, you know, I, I don't know if you and your husband are considering having more children, but we would like you to consider not having any more children. What has happened is that this antibody in your system has gained so much control, basically, I'm making it simple, in your body that if you became pregnant again, your health will be at risk and the baby's again. The baby may not even make it through the pregnancy. So, you know, my husband and I, we were, it was our dream to always have four children. And um, so, you know, we, we listened and we prayed and we took the precautions so that we would not get pregnant and we just left it in God's hands. Well, a year later, I got pregnant. <laughs> and it just goes to show you, it doesn't matter what your plans are. If God has a plan for you, it's going to happen no matter what precautions that you take to not have it happen. So I found out I was pregnant. And we had, after my first examination, you know when a doctor, if anybody's ever had a bad report given to them, that they call you into their office. And that is never good news. They called me into the office, and there was a specialist there, and they said, well, we've, we've done some testing, and it's not good news. You know, the, the thing that had happened with your last pregnancy is there again, and it's at higher levels than it ever was with your other pregnancy. And your health is at risk, and, and the baby may not even make it full term. And we would like to highly suggest that you have a medical abortion. Well, without even my husband and I looking at one another, we both in unison said, absolutely not. That is not a choice for us. So you all need to get together and come up with a game plan because the plan is, is that this baby shall live and not die. Amen. And same for me. And so we prayed. We, we started seeking out God, and we started speaking the word. And, and uh, <clears throat> you know, after, after I had 25 transfusions during that time of um, platelets, gamma globulin, they call it, to help support my system and the babies. And um, nine months later, that baby boy was healthy and strong. I was healthy and strong, praise God. You know, he prote protected us through that whole thing. Amen. You know, here's the thing is that the world and the people in it, and even, you know, well-meaning loved ones in our life will try to help you face reality, okay? What they don't understand is that your reality is not the reality of this world. My reality is up here in heaven. God is my reality. And, you know, they're gonna tr they will try to pull you to the pits of unrest and unbelief. 
How many of you know that to be true? So true. And we just have to understand that we are called out. We have a place to stand. We have a word to stand on. And, um, and you have a choice. And you have to declare that, though. You have to speak it and stand and choose that at any cost, I am going to dwell in my divine dwelling place. And nothing is going to remove me, no matter what the situation is in my life. I personally refused during that time to hear or allow people to speak anything but truth around me. Um, anything that was contrary to God's word, it was not allowed. And I had no problem being bold and telling people that they just needed to be quiet. You are not allowed to talk around me, period. <laughs> that meant even my own family. You know, my mother and father, I'm their daughter. They loved me. And I just say, Mom, Dad, I love you to pieces, but this is not a war you're going to win, so you just need to be quiet. <laughs> and if, you, if you're going to be a part of this, I need you to stand on the word of God and speak truth, and that's it. That is it, the truth of God. And so it even came down to where um, there was only a few people who I allowed to know the information of what was happening in this situation. Very few people knew actually what was going on. And I only allowed people to pray for me that I knew that were in line with me, in agreement with me. And that is so important, especially when you receive bad news, a bad report. You need people to stand with you. So when I look at verse 9, it shows us, again, it's a choice to choose because I have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, my dwelling place, no evil shall befall me or my pregnancy, nor shall any plague come near myself or my unborn child. My baby shall live and not die. Sometimes I would pray that daily, sometimes more than a couple times a day, whatever it took to keep my heart and mind set in the dwelling place. Proverbs 8.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it and indulge it will eat its fruit and bear the consequences of the word. Bear the consequences of your words. That's a powerful scripture because we hear it so often. Life and death are in your tongue. Seriously, they are. You will bear the consequences of what you speak and what you choose to stand on. So when the enemy would try to steal my peace, I would just pray out loud. Thank you, God, that you are my dwelling place and refuge. You cover me with your feathers, and under your wings I find rest and strength. I do not fear, because as I draw near to you, you draw near to me. James 4.8 says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. John 4, 16, God is my refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. See, when we take the word of God and we pray the word, we pray life. Not only do we pray life out into our atmosphere, but we're praying life into our own spirit. 
So we need to trust him and, and to surrender. That means to trust him in every area of our life with your plans, your family, marriage, job, every area, because he's the only one that can truly give you the wisdom and the leading and the guidance of the direction that he wants for you to take in your life. And here's an important thing. If it matters to you, it matters to him. It matters, ladies. It doesn't matter how small or how big. It matters. He is not a savior who is far away. There is safety and protection when we draw near him and dwell in his presence. So let's move on to verse 11. For he shall command his angels charge over you to keep, you, to, keep to protect, defend, and guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you do not even strike your foot against a stone. There is a great story in the Bible, and I encourage you to go home and read it. It's in 2 Kings 6. Water break. Syria is raging war against Israel, and the king of Syria is so puzzled as to why Israel is able to outrun and maneuver their plans of attack. To the point that the king starts saying there must be a mole in the ranks. As he is attacking, verbally attacking his high-ranking officers, one of the officers finally speaks up and says, it's the prophet Elijah. He tells the king of Israel, the words you speak in privacy of your bedroom. Who can do that? Only the Holy Spirit can give you the word when you need the word, to give you the plan of action when you need a plan of action. My kids used to laugh at me like, oh, how does she know? She's got eyes in the back of her head, I swear. And I just look at him, smile. Honey, it's the Holy Spirit. That's all I can say. He gives you what you need when you ask. And so after hearing the king's orders, his troops, he sends the troops out to surround Elijah in the town that he's at. At. And the servant of Elijah wakes up in the morning and he sees that they're surrounded completely by horses and chariots. And he shouts in panic and cries out to Elijah. Elijah, without falter, it says, meaning he was probably just very calm and at rest, got up, looked outside calmly, and he said to, the, said to his servant, Do not fear. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And before the servant could get himself more worked up in, in an even greater panic, and how many of you know that things can put us into a panic at times, put us into a frenzy, and we're like, ah, oh, God, help me. Elijah said a very simple prayer. Lord, I pray Open his eyes that he may see. Simple, simple prayer. When the servant opened his eyes, he saw the hillside all around them was filled with horses and chariots of fire, God's army of angels. 
They were totally surrounded. And when you go on the story, they wiped them out. <laughs> yeah, I love stories like that. <laughs> but I love this verse that, you know, he says, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. My son was um, in driver's training, and so my husband oftentimes would take the kids out driving because I totally gave up on it after three children before and nervously eating popcorn, drinking pop while we were driving and you know, they just, let's just say they were not the best drivers. <laughs> so, so my daughter's laughing, <laughs> she knows. <laughs> um, so he decided that he would take this one on. Well, his way of coping with this was to have the sports section of the newspaper, and he would read while they would drive. While my son was driving, he was reading the sports paper. And of course, being a mom, what? You're reading the paper. You're supposed to be paying attention to what he's doing and making sure he's doing the da-da-da-da-da, whatever. He's reading the paper. So my son's on 28th Street, and he's driving down 28th Street, and out of nowhere, a car runs out in front of him, turns straight out. All, there were cars surrounded all around him. There was no place for him to go, and all he thought was, I, I can't avoid this. I'm going to hit T-bone this guy, hit him straight on. He had both hands on the wheels, and he felt a jerk to the right and he had no choice but to go with the turn. It happened so quickly that he didn't even know what was happening, he just reacted with it. And they jerked, they turned down a side street and he hit the brakes and my husband's like, what the heck is going on? Because his nose is in the paper, he has no idea what's happening here. And my son was just sitting there, was still frozen, he looked at his father and he's like, I can't believe that just happened. He goes, Dad, an angel saved us. He goes, I was going to hit that car, T-bone, and I had cars all around me. There was no place for me to go, but I was gonna hit somebody. And, and he said, and I felt a strong jerk, and I couldn't fight against it. I just went with it, and they were down a side street, stopped and parked. Praise God. Because my family has made the Lord their refuge, even the Most High, their dwelling place, no evil shall befall them, nor shall any plague come near them or their dwelling. For he shall command his angels charge over them to keep, to protect, defend, and guard them in all their ways. They will lift my family up in their hands so that they do not even strike their foot against the stone. Because my family makes you their habitation, you give charge to your angels to watch over them and you surround them with your protection. When we make God our habitation, he charges his angels to watch over, to guide the path that we're on, to remove the things out of our way, obstacles, so that we are going in the right direction. When we don't even know that something's happening, there's probably something happening, and we don't need to know, right? So let's look at another uh, verse here. Um, actually, verse 11 again. For he shall command his angels charge over you, 
Key phrase here, to keep you in all your ways. Keep you in all your ways. During the time Jesus was being tested in the wilderness, we look at Luke 4, 1 through 9. The devil led, the devil led Jesus to Jerusalem and had him standing at the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. And then the devil says to Jesus, and, and he says, for it is written, Mind you, this is the devil speaking. He shall command his angels charge over you. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered back to him, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to test. Notice the devil purposely leaves out to keep you in all your ways. He's a liar. And he will do whatever he needs to do to pull you away from your promises, from the direction, from the path, he lies. When I look at Proverbs 3, 6 through 7, it says, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. So what is this saying to us? It's saying we need to acknowledge God in everything that we do. In all of our ways, we acknowledge him. He gives charge and authority to angels to guard that. But listen, it doesn't give us free access to be foolish, okay? No jumping off bridges or anything crazy like that. Because the Lord said, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to test. We have to exercise some wisdom on our own part, right? And... Uh, we need to understand that there, there is a charge given, but we on our own too need to listen to him and to follow his ways. I believe that every day his protection over us is so supernaturally natural that many of us don't even realize that we've been, we have been protected. When God gives his angels charge over us, they go ahead of you Again, to guard and to protect you from all sorts of dangers. Psalms 103, 20 through 21 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his work, hearkening to give heed, to listen to the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you his ministers who do his pleasure. So this verse tells us that angels excel in power. They're not the little Cupid angels, all right? They're, I don't want the little cute thingy, okay? I want, if something's gonna guard me, it needs to be big, it needs to be huge, okay? Don't give me the little thing. Angels are doers of God's word. They listen and they take action on his word. Angels operate within the word of God. And angels take stand, they're stand and ready to protect, to do God's will. So how do angels move and take charge? How do, how do they, they move around us? Well, this morning, worship. Worship creates that atmosphere for them to come in, take charge and minister and do the will of God in our lives. The verse says, hearken to take heed to listen to. 
the voice. Who's the voice? You and I are the voice. Angels respond to God's spoken word. That means you and I, we speak the word. That's what they respond to, is the word of God. They don't respond to us praying to them, worshiping them. They respond only to the word of God. When I say, Father, I thank you that no evil shall befall me today, nor shall any plague or diseases come near my dwelling. Thank you that you deliver me from the snare of the follower and from the deadly pestilence. A thousand may fall at my, at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me or my loved ones. Angels hearken to the word of God. Okay, let's uh, move on. Hebrews, I, I love this verse. Hebrews 13.2 says, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. You, if you just, I just Googled, I wanted to see what was all out there, and there was like so many stories of encounters with angels and angels who have shown themselves and um, and it, it, it's pretty incredible that, you know, God has given such an amazing gift to us to protect and to remove things from our pathway. About 15 years ago, I was in the middle of uh, children, uh, teenagers, ranging hormones, a mother-in-law who just had major surgery and was, ha and was living in her home so that I could care for her. And all I can say is I was having a very difficult time. <laughs> I felt like I had a heavy blanket of depression trying to wrap its arms around me. And, and it, was, it was tough. Some close friends of mine um, we're going to a conference in Toronto and had invited me to the Father's Love Conference. They saw that I really needed to step away and I really needed to hear God and allow him to fill me and get rid of the yuck. And so I was reluctant and I prayed and God said, no, you need to go. And I said, okay, I'm going. Well, before we had left, I started praying and asking God, um, God, there's two things I want when I'm there, me given an expectation of God. <laughs> there are two things I would like from you, Father, if I go. One, I would like a word of clarity. I need a word. And then the other one was I need music. Not just any music. God, I was very detailed. I said, God, I want a CD that has worship, you move from worship to the battle so I can stomp them out. And then I want to move to praise and victory. And then I want to just soak. Some who are music people would say, well, you're going to need like four CDs for that. <laughs> and I didn't want four CDs. I wanted one CD. That was it. Put it in my player. Push play. We're going at it. Okay? <laughs> Taking care of business. So those were the things that I prayed. And when we got to this conference, 
I went into the bookstore, and it was just a tiny bookstore, but it was jam-packed. There was over thousands of people at this conference from everywhere. And I'm looking at this wall, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, look at all these CDs. What am I going to do? And I started weeping because I felt so overwhelmed, and this was all I wanted. I had already received a word of clarity, and it was actually from a woman standing on stage. If God is not creative, then I don't know what is, because I was given a word right from stage from the lady who pointed me out of the group, and she gave me a word, and I was blown away. I just, I was just, whoa. So I'm standing in this bookstore, and I'm weeping, and I'm saying, God, just show me. Just show me which CD. I just need you to show me so that I know it is from you. There is no question that it's you. In the midst of me weeping and praying this silently, a young man bends down, picks up a CD, and he hands it to me, and he says, I believe this is what you're looking for. And I was like, <laughs> I was in shock. He gave, not only did he give me the CD, but he said, this CD is gonna bring you through worship. And then you're gonna stomp it out with the drums and you're gonna get in it with the devil. You're gonna put them out. Then this is gonna lead you to victory and you're gonna dance and praise God for what he's doing. And then it's gonna lead you to a time where you can just be still and soak and allow him to fill you. I was speechless. I mean, my mouth, I had tears streaming down my face. I kept on thanking him over and over and over again. And he just smiled and nodded at me. And then he looked at me and he said, he loves you and he cares very much about what's going on. So I turn around to go pay for the CD, and as I'm walking, I look back, and the guy is nowhere to be found. Totally gone. That was an angel. Totally. You know, when... Um, we pray and we ask even for the simplest things, just like Elijah just prayed a simple little prayer and that's all it takes. God is so quick to come in and give us exactly what we need when we need it. So let's go to verse 13 now. And verse 13 is all about the, offense, the um, uh, offense. I always gotta say this right. <laughs> And if you've ever played sports, you know how important it is to have a good plan in the offensive team, okay? You can't win the game with just defense. So verse 13 says, you will tread upon the lion and cobra. The young lion and the serpent, you will trample underfoot. As believers, we are not called to cower in fear like the people of this world. The devil may be the ruler of this fallen world, but the word says, he who is in you is greater than he who is in this world. You are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. In Christ, we have authority over the devil and all his cohorts. In Christ, we have authority to tread upon the lion and the cobra. 
First Peter 5.8 says the devil walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Key word here, ladies, may devour. He doesn't have permission to just take on anyone he pleases and devour. No, he is limited. Don't surrender your authority. Never surrender your authority to the enemy. Genesis 3, 5 says, I will put enemy, mean open hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will only bruise his heel. Love this. God has given us the authority and all the power because of what Jesus did for us on the cross to crush the head of the enemy. He may tamper, the enemy may tamper, may try to move things into action against us, but he can't hurt us. He can't crush us. We've been given the authority to crush. Luke 10, 19 says, Jesus said, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We are to take authority, ladies, over every attack and snare the enemy throws at us. The devil has no dominion or power over you. He is a defeated foe. His proper place is not to rule over you, but to be underneath your feet. And that is where he belongs, under your foot. In October of 2015, my husband was downstairs working out. He came up the stairs and very confused. And he said, what was I doing? I just kind of looked at him and went, what do you mean, what were you doing? And uh, he's like, no, really, what was I doing? I knew right away something was wrong, something was going on. And uh, I began asking him some questions. And as I'm asking him some questions, he was becoming even more confused and becoming very agitated. And it was because that he couldn't, he couldn't answer my questions, not just of the day of what he had done within the few hours that I had watched him do, but he couldn't even remember the current past of questions I was asking him. So during this time, in this moment, I just very simply said, God, what do I do? What do I do? And all he told me to do was first, I need to sit him down, start praying peace over him. I sat him down and I just calmly started calming him. And then God told me, grab his head and pray. Grab his head and pray. He told me, you tell the devil to take his hands off of his head in the name of Jesus. And you put on the helmet of salvation No weapon formed against Louis Mojica shall prosper in the name of Jesus. My God has given him a sound mind and he will live and not die. I then called, I said a lot more, but I can't get into all that. So I was a crazy woman telling you. I know I was calm, but the words, you know, you're, you're on attack, man. The words are just flowing. You're praying in the spirit. I then called the doctor and we took him into emergency and they, they thought that he was having a stroke. And so after much testing, they even had to go into deeper 
uh, pictures in the brain to see if there was like a hidden stroke that had happened because they really thought that that's what it was. It was a stroke. And um, as, as the night went on, from the time that we got into the hospital, within seven hours of that, my husband started regaining his memory back. He started coming out of it. The next morning, he had full memory. He could fully recall everything that had happened. The doctors were baffled. They had no idea what was going on. The only thing that they could do, because they're doctors, they have to put a label on it. They have to write something down on their paperwork. They called it transit global amnesia, meaning that whatever. He lost his memory. <laughs> whatever. It's very rare. I mean, they had no explanation. He was in perfect, perfect health. Praise God. What is your plan? There should only be one plan. Using the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's why Jesus himself in the wilderness fought back with the sword of the spirit. He spoke the word of God. That's the plan. That is the only plan is speaking the word of God. So we're going to split up into your groups and um, you can take some time, go through these questions. On the back of this paper, because I am a person who loves to, to pray the word of God, I've given a template to you to start using in your own time, in your own home. So go ahead, ladies. All right, so what we're going to do, um, I would ask, like, for instance, right here, ladies, if you wouldn't mind finding a table where there's some um, extra room. Here's one over here. If you are a... Table leader, would you raise your hand for me, please? I want to make sure there's at least many table leaders out there. Lori, would you be at that table for me? And um, let's see, we have a few more people that can join. Carol, would, would you mind moving? Um, Nikki, I'm going to have you. Oh, there's Lori. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Uh, raise your hand um, once again, table leaders. I want to make sure. Okay, good. Um, Carol, why don't you join this table over here? We've got Lori here. Good. All right. Um, we've got a lot of small tables, so that means that we're kind of spread out a little bit. All right. If you do not have a table leader, never fear. Just, it's a facilitating. Okay, we've got some gals coming here. All right, you're going to take this table. We need one over here. All right. Okay. Um, we got Cindy here. All right, gals, if there's no one in particular at your table that was just now raising your, their hands, go ahead and, and somebody step up because you girls are big girls. Put in your big girl panties. You can do it. All right. Good. Marsha, would you? Oh, we got Mary Clay over here. Okay.